0: Abrupt intro ending. Welcome in. It is the John Cass Podcast. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Brought to you as always by my good friends at Ian's Pizza. Ian's Pizza has three locations in Madison. They've got three locations in Milwaukee. They're also in Seattle. They're in Denver. What is Ian's Pizza? Well, it's like the best specialty type of pizza ever. Uh, If you've never tried the macaroni and cheese pizza at Ian's Pizza, that's like a must. That's a go-to. That's something you need to try right away if you've never been to Ian's Pizza. And come on, if you're listening to this podcast, you, you probably, I'll be, I hope, You've probably been doing Ian's Pizza. Um, also, check out JohnCastPodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You're going to find out about all the promotions I'm running with Ian's Pizza when we get that next one finalized. I'm not going to spam you. Just sign up. I'm going to give you information, to just cool stuff you can win, basically. JohnCastPodcast.com. That's J-O-N-C-A-S-T Podcast.com. Rate and review this podcast on Apple and on Spotify. Every rate and review, definitely. Definitely helps. Well, today's guest is one of the newest Wisconsin Badger volleyball players. New transfer coming in that will be playing uh, this fall at the UW Fieldhouse. I'd like to welcome Carter Booth to the John Cass podcast. What's going on, Carter?
1: Hi, not a lot. How about you?
0: Well, I'm just going to say straight up, if you're watching on Spotify, I don't know how this is recording because I see myself in slow motion. Can you hear me okay?
1: I I can hear you, yeah.
0: Okay, well, at least you know that's the most important thing I think for a podcast, right? <laughs> as long yeah, as probably as everyone can hear you. So, how was uh, how was your holiday?
1: Um, it was pretty good. You know, I stayed at home with family. Um, it's pretty chilled holiday.
0: Yeah, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas?
1: I did. <laughs>
0: What'd you get? What'd you get?
1: Um, well, I got my number one wish was to is to be a badger. Um, and then you know I got a purse and some makeup and stuff but you know the badger was the first one on there so (laughs) yeah good
0: i remember seeing that on christmas day right that the news that you've transferred so what was it about wisconsin that made you want to be a badger
1: um you know their volleyball program has been amazing for years i mean um when i was 13 and i was being recruited the volleyball program was amazing so you know they have a history a long history of success Um, and then, you know, the thing that really made them stand out to me is, um, you know, the fire that they had when we played against them, that passion, how they leave it all out on the court. And, um, I just knew I wanted to be a part of that, you know, I want to win a national championship and they're doing that. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I mean, your, your old team got us that first time, uh, on Sunday night, Sunday night volleyball in, in Minneapolis. And that was honestly, because that was the start of what Wisconsin's, Winning streak after that up until in, in the NCAA tournament, so I think in some way that that loss perhaps ignited a little bit of uh, of that championship competitive spirit that you're talking about.
1: Uh, yeah, I think they definitely did not um take well to that loss, and they responded accordingly. And you know, props to them because yeah. they they went on to have an amazing record and an amazing season. Yeah. So.
0: You know, I think Minnesota had a great season as well. It did to be I know you're not a gopher anymore, but I'll just when I filled out my bracket, I had Minnesota versus Wisconsin. Like that that was my matchup. I, I, I thought you guys were gonna were gonna go pretty deep in the tourney.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we did too. You know, we uh we went out there, we had big goals, you know, we were trying to make it to the finals, um, like everyone else. Um we fell short of those goals, but you know, we worked hard. Um and we did our very best to be there. Yeah. So,
0: so now you're going to be playing in Madison at the UW field house. We're ecstatic to have you, uh, Badger volleyball, and I'll speak for the vo- volleyball nation here at Wisconsin. We're really excited to have you, you know, and, and before this interview, I was doing a little bit of research. So I was watching some YouTube videos on you and there was a news story. I think you were in high school at the time. And, uh, they were talking about your father and talking about your mother. And at, at one point you talked about your mom's cheering in the stands. <laughs> um, and, and and what that is like. So what is that going to be like for perhaps Badger fans sitting next to your mom next season when she comes uh, and attends a game?
1: Uh, bring earplugs. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's going to be fired up. She's going to be so loud. Um, yeah, she's not holding back. So uh, be prepared.
0: <laughs> what does she say?
1: Um, you know, the along the lines of the normal um, cheering, like, let's go, guys, come on, all this stuff. Uh, when I was in high school she used to sit close enough to the court and like try to yell at me to jump serve and like do all these things she won't be doing that now because (laughs) (laughs) I've told her about that but you know she she the normal cheers you will be hearing you know
0: okay I was gonna say so I do the radio broadcasts for for Wisconsin Volleyball I mean should we mic her up at some point I mean are we gonna get some uh, good audio
1: Um, you're going to hear a lot of cussing. (laughs) Okay. Okay. um, Yeah. That was actually a problem that the other, the news crew ran into was that they actually couldn't use 60% of it because, because it was so full of expletives, but I mean, you could try (laughs) if you want.
0: (laughs) We'd have to get the beep, uh, the bleep button. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: button ready for sure. Okay. So let me ask you about the, the process of, of transferring. What is that process like for athletes? Is it a pretty simple one or are, can you take me kind of a little bit behind the scenes and 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 walk our listeners through what that's like for a student athlete?
1: Yeah. Um. So, you know, before you decide to transfer, um, there is sort of a, a list of steps that they want you to go through to make sure that you're actually sure that you you want this to happen um and so you know that was a big part of it you know having those long conversations with my family um having a conversation with my coach talking it through multiple times um with multiple different people to make sure that i actually wanted this because you know once i and i entered it, it's not a process that is reversible you know um yeah. a lot of things start going into action once you put your name in the portal um but basically it's once you decide you want to enter the portal and you're sure you I emailed my compliance officer he sent me a list of steps to do um and I, I want to say within 30 minutes of me emailing my name was in the portal wow. um so you know uh in terms of the uh, like actual ease of entering it's pretty easy the difficult part is you know the emotional part and the choice um because you know it is a big choice to literally move um different states and you know leave everyone that you've been with for a year so i would say the actual process is not as difficult as it is to make the choice Mm,
0: i bet yeah the, the actual process seemed pretty simple that within 30 minutes you're already your name's out there and there's like you said there's no coming coming back from that once you enter you enter so Was it kind of an emotional process for you to to decide to do that then?
1: Um, You know, I think it was was a bit of an overwhelming process just because of how fast it happened. Um, I, you know, I I mentioned this in another article, but coming out of this past volleyball season, I was not planning on transferring. Um, So, you know, I came home and I think... Yeah, I came home and I was with my family for two days, and then my dad finally came home. My dad is the general manager of the Nuggets, so I don't really get to see him very often. Um, but I-, I value his opinion so much, um, so I hadn't really had a chance to sit down and talk to him about, you know, the changes that would be happening with, you know, the coaching change and process everything that happened throughout the season. Um, so I came home you know, still fully planning on returning to Minnesota in the spring. Um, and after sitting down with him and my mom and speaking for I, like six hours, we, we sat down and we talked for the entire day. Um, at the end of that conversation, I realized that, you know, I had to explore my options. So um, we had that conversation that night. I emailed compliance the next day, um, I, my coach came out to Denver, um, and we talked, um, and, and the next morning after that, my name was in the portal. Um, so that's three days that I went from, you know, I'm I'm moving back to Minnesota in the spring, I'm going to be able to see my friends again, I still had stuff there, to I'm moving to a different school. Um, so that that part of it, just how fast it happened... Yeah. Um, like it, it wasn't a decision that wasn't well thought through, but, you know, three days is a short amount of time for so much to change. <laughs> so, you know, it was still, it was still a little overwhelming.
0: Yeah. I, I bet three days is not a lot of time whatsoever. When you go in, like, like you said, it's, it's not as if you're like, ah, I think I might want to transfer, you know, I, I, I'm going to go home. I'm going to think about this. No, I went from, I'm expecting to continue on with the volleyball path that I've chosen. And mm-hmm. now, you know, three days later, things are totally different. You're right. That is that is very sudden. So let me ask you this. How long did it take from the time you, you, like you said, it took like the 30 minutes from the email to actually put in your name. Once that name went in, how mm-hmm. long before you got that first, you know, notification? Uh, I don't know how it works, but, you know, you got that yeah. notification that someone wants to talk yeah. to you about it.
1: Um, within three minutes, I had fifteen emails um, from fifteen different schools. Um, like my phone was blowing up with texts. Um, a bunch of people were trying to call me. Um, so it, yeah, I was pretty inundated immediately. Um, however, my my first call that I made was to Kelly Sheffield. Um, you know, because I did have his contact from eight years ago when I was being recruited. And um, I knew that Wisconsin was my first choice. Um, so yeah, that was, that was my first call. Um, wow. And then, yeah, I proceeded with other schools after that, but.
0: So, so note to any uh, future student athletes who enter the transfer portal, when you finally hit submit, make sure you've got like some time in front of you, right? Like you're not busy yeah. with anything else because within minutes, you're you're going to start, you know, the phone's going to start blowing up.
1: Yeah, it's pretty immediate and be prepared for, <laughs> um, it, you know, the transfer portal is advertised as, you know, a private choice. Only coaches are able to see the portal. However, mm-hmm. um, me, me and my mom made a bet. We're like, how long do you think until this is on, um volley talk and twitter and instagram and i and i was like two hours max and i was right two (laughs) hours is that what it took yeah so uh, um a piece of advice i'd give to student athletes is you know get ahead of it talk to your team and your coaches um and your training staff first um because you don't want them to hear it from someone else um you know you want them to hear it from you, so don't don't put off telling people because it will get out.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really good advice. So, uh, you know, before you even thought about going into the portal, do players talk about the transfer portal?
1: Um, like with each other? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, when when Hugh made the decision to leave, um, people we, we went to each other and we were like, are you going to stay? Are you going to stay? And, you know, there, everybody was at the time saying, yeah, I'm going to stay because this isn't a decision that you make in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there were some um, people who have decided to leave in the past who we knew were going to leave because we talked to each other about that. But you know, you you can't really tell your team until you know. So uh, unfortunately, when I was asked if I was going to stay a couple weeks ago, I I did say yes, um, because I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to leave. And I feel like the, the um, impact was that some people might have been blindsided by this decision, which was never my intention at all. Um, But yeah. I mean, we, you can only know as much as the person who's making that decision knows.
0: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll get off the transfer portal here in a second, but mm-hmm. I, I think fans have their opinion about the transfer, transfer portal. For me, I love the freedom that it allows student-athletes. I love that, the, the you know, some of that power for their own decisions, their own well-being, their own life. You know what I mean? Like when it comes down, this, these are life decisions for you. And I love that that the NCAA finally said, okay, we're going to give you a little bit more control over what you want to do with your life. And so I, I, I like that. Um, what What is the overall player's opinion about the transfer portal? Do they kind of feel the same way about it? Like, this is overall, this is a good thing, although some fans may not like it because some of their favorite players will leave their favorite teams. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for me, I just, I like the power it gives the players.
1: Yeah. Um, I think people who play in the sport and are in it on a daily basis like the transfer portal because you know it does give student athletes some of that power back um i think the common um misconception about the transfer portal is it's so easy that athletes just sort of throw it around and they're like i'm gonna transfer today like that and i I would i want to clarify that it's not like that whatsoever you know um just because it is easier for us to advocate for ourselves and choose something different when we don't feel we are in a place that can facilitate growth. Um, it doesn't mean that it's a decision that's made lightly. Um, You know, this is uh, you, uprooting your life um, mm-hmm. because... You're prioritizing yourself, which is, you know, an incredibly difficult decision, and a decision that people don't have to make until they're in their late 30s, let alone 19. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's very difficult, but I think the general consensus amongst student athletes is that, you know, it gives us that power back, so that we don't feel trapped.
0: Um, all right. So I see the jerseys in the background. If if anyone's watching on Spotify, I don't know, by the way, if I'm going to post this video because I'm still in slow motion on this podcast. I don't know what I look yeah. like to you, Carter. Do I look like slow motion still?
1: It, yeah, it's going yeah. in and out.
0: Okay. Well, at least once again, as long as the audio is there, I think that's the most important part. But if, if I do post this video and you do see it on Spotify, you will notice uh, the jerseys in the background. That's because, you know, your father played in the NBA. So I think probably the question you might get a lot is, why don't you play basketball?
1: Um, You know, he he tried when I was (laughs) 10 or when I was nine. Um, I played basketball for like a short little season and I absolutely loathed it. Um, I I specifically remember sitting down in the middle of the court during a play and like refusing to stand up. (laughs) Like I would not I would not do it. Um, I mean, I've always been—I've always been a hard-headed person. I've always been stubborn, um, and I've always wanted to do my own thing. Um, so the idea of, you know, being in someone else's shadow—even at nine years old—was not for me. You know, I wanted to—I um, I wanted to make my own path. Um, so basically it came down to it and he is like, look, you don't have to play basketball, but you're going to play a sport. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so my elementary school gym teacher had, uh, like a little volleyball team and it was not serious. Like there were two boys on my team. Um, but you know, we had a little volleyball team and we, I, I went over there and started playing and then I moved to Minnesota and started playing club seriously and it was history from there
0: wow okay so you were so that was after the basketball like around nine ten years old is when you started yeah. vo- and so what was it about volleyball they're like didn't want to make you sit down in the middle of the court during a game
1: <laughs> um well first of all me and my when this is so stupid and i'm actually for i was forgetting this until just now but me my brother and my cousins um made up this game called don't touch the ground with like a balloon and it was basically volleyball now that i think back to it yeah um and we played that like my entire childhood so you know the fact that volleyball resembled that childhood game that we created was um appealing to me um and then you know i started playing and uh it, it i just fell in love with it i don't know i just fell in love
0: wow don't touch the ground is that the name of the game yeah That sounds so much fun. Um, Have you seen, because there are like, they have a name for it. Have you seen the videos of like the balloon championships uh, where people do, like they're in a living room, like a set up living room and there's a balloon and they're chasing it and they're wearing helmets, but it's like a competitive thing. Have you seen this? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: No, I've never seen that.
0: Oh, it just reminds me so much of Don't Touch the Ground, because that sounds like a game that, like you said, like once you start playing as a kid, some I would start playing. I would play that for like an hour today if I could. If, yeah. Because it's so much fun.
1: Yeah. No, it would get pretty <laughs> heated. It would get pretty heated for sure.
0: Yeah. Um. So when did you know then that you were good? By the way, I'm going to look for that game so I can share this and show it to you here on this podcast. But when did okay. you know that you were good then at volleyball?
1: Um, I would say, I think 15s was <laughs> was when I okay. was like, okay, I'm I'm kind of good. Um, because you know the previous years I'd been on, I'd been on the ones, and then 14s I made the twos, and you know that year, um, sort of spurred me to be like, you know, I'm not I'm not just gonna because before it had been. Well, she's tall and she's young, so she's a shoe in for the ones. Fourteens, um, it was like, you know, I didn't have the skill. So that year I committed myself to developing my skill and um, getting better in that department. And, you know, fifteens, I made the ones again and I was like, I got this. Like, like I earned this um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm going to keep going. So, Yep.
0: So the, okay and then was it shortly after that that the the college coaches started to to contact you or when did that happen
1: Um
0: was that before that
1: It was before that yeah, yeah. um 13s 13s actually um right. was when uh, I first started getting contacted by college coaches um and I played up a year so in 13s I was 12 um So 13s, I started getting contacted by college coaches and I was living in Minnesota at the time. So I was able to go and this was before um, the rule change. So they were able to contact me and I was able to go and visit and things like that. Um, And so I was being actively recruited throughout my 13s year and most of my 14s club season. And then at the end of 14s, I committed. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that was a... was a pretty short timeline
0: right right okay um here i'm gonna share a video with you let me share my screen i hope you can see this all right can you see this okay yeah okay so this is basically see how they set up like a couch there's a car apparently in this living room um and there's two people is this kind of like don't touch the ground except without the car
1: it's exactly like don't touch the ground (laughs) (laughs) it's exactly like it
0: so I I came across these videos. Actually, I think it was last night. I've seen it before, but last night I'm watching it, and these videos are like so insane. But there's a lot of volleyball skill in not letting a balloon touch the ground. Like, yeah. Do you think it? Do you think in some strange way it has made you? I mean, obviously you're not doing any like fundamental blocking moves, but <laughs> I mean, there are it's the the whole concept of just chasing down the the ball and and popping it back up. Do you think it's made you maybe? help make you that better kind of defensive player in
1: a way um (laughs) you know I mean even now when we had when we had little kids camps we would train them with volleyballs I mean not volleyballs we would train them with balloons because you know they're a little bit slower and it's easier to get your bearings of you know hand-eye coordination so I think that definitely did um help me down that path of you know, finding my legs a little bit um, and having that coordination to be able to see a ball and go hit it. Um, Because like, I was like Bambi on ice. I did not have, my center of gravity was changing so often because I was growing so fast that I had zero hand-eye coordination. So I think don't touch the ground definitely did sort of help me um, out a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's funny. So what, what do you think helped? Okay. So the don't touch the ground, did you, let me ask you this, because it seems like I'll bring up like Dana Redke, for example. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how much you kind of looked up to her being a a taller middle. I'll I'll ask you about that in a second. But I know she took like dance lessons (laughs) as a young kid. Was that ever the case for you too?
1: I did ballet, tap, and jazz. And I did yoga with my dad regularly. Oh, fun. (laughs) You know, try and help out with my balance. Um, So, yeah, I definitely did um, take advantage of some of those different methods (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) that's 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 pretty cool yeah because it kind of helps you just become become more athletic it's it's kind of interesting how often you hear about uh, about i think i I could be mistaken but i think anna Smrek also took dance lessons she She, did she did yeah and and as as sometimes as players like you yourself and and anna and dana grow it kind of helps you become a little bit more agile right
1: yeah yeah I definitely did. um the main thing for me was you know the balance piece because yeah. you know, I didn't really have a center of gravity um and you know when you're jumping off of one foot and you're trying to fly at sixty miles an hour to the left and not run into people, you sort of need to be able to balance um, yeah. so <laughs> yeah definitely did help me in my game
0: so i uh, I did mention Dana Redke, the five time first team all American, helped Wisconsin to its first ever national championship. In 2021, so how much did you look up to to a player like Dana?
1: Um, you know, even though I have been a Gopher for the past seven years, um, Dana Recchi is a legend. Um, <laughs> she just, you know, broke barriers um, on what a middle is and what a middle can do. She was incredibly offensive. Um, you know, she wasn't just up there to block. They were, they trusted her. They got the ball to her, and she was able to kill it. You know, um, so. I definitely looked up to her, Um, and, you know, a lot of aspects of my game are because I wanted to be a versatile player like Dana. Um, You know, I didn't want to be put in a box of someone who can only block. Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, have you ever been the second tallest player on a team before? Because that's what you're walking into uh, at Wisconsin.
1: I know. Um, I've never been the second tallest person anywhere, (laughs) except in my house, because my my little brother is 6'10". Okay. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I've never been the second tallest anywhere, but yeah, we'll see. It'll definitely be an experience. Uh,
0: how much have you been able to talk to like someone like Anna or any of the, of the Badger uh, players? Um, how often have you been able to, to meet with some of your teammates since, uh, since the news?
1: Um, I, so I haven't spoken to a ton of people. Um, I I mean, all of them commented on my post, yeah. um, and a few of them DM'd me. I've mostly just been talking to, um, Devin, um, because, you know, I knew her, I've known her for a couple of years now, um, because we played USA together and we were in contact already. So, you know, I've been talking to her, um, and MJ because I'll, I'll be moving in with them. So, yeah. So just talking about those things, but yeah, it's mostly been limited to two people.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, What's that?
1: but i'm excited to get on campus and meet everyone
0: yeah excellent excellent so let me ask you outside of volleyball one question and i've got some random questions for you carter okay okay kind of be prepared to go all over the place here um but before random question time (laughs) what are you most passionate about outside of volleyball
1: um outside of volleyball i would say i I really like to read um Mm -hmm. I read a lot I, I like I finished books like I I sort of binge read books the way you would binge watch a Netflix series like uh, I finished I'll finish a book in 24 hours easy like um Colleen Hoover obsessed with her um <laughs> so who's,
0: who's that I'm sorry who's that
1: Colleen Hoover she's an author
0: okay what did she uh, write
1: um she wrote uh my favorite one is it ends with us um she wrote uh without merit
0: um yeah okay i'm looking her up right now Colleen (laughs) hoover okay all right i'll I'll maybe check out some of that um that's a that's a great i know like this sounds very simplistic that's a great skill to have reading um but (laughs) but seriously like it's it's tough sometimes to sit down and find the time to read a book like um so i think that's pretty cool that you're able to to read that how many books do you get done in a year have you ever kept track
1: um i think in like eighth grade we had to do a book log and i finished like something like 57 books in the year or something um in the school year but yeah i i I don't really keep track i'm i'm assuming it's high though because my room is overrun by books that i've read so yeah,
0: that's got to be good for uh, to be so passionate about reading, because like, obviously, as as you know, you're a college student athlete and as a student, you're going to have to do a lot of reading. So it's yeah. it's pretty cool that you're able to to do that. Um, I don't know. I find like just listening to audiobooks is way easier for me than sitting down and reading. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just the concentration. I don't know what it is, but
1: yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I the part about reading is. I sort of like what having a physical book in front of me, I sort of get more um, immersed in the story. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I can read off of a off of digital, but I prefer the real thing.
0: That's pretty interesting because I think I do too. When I do read, I prefer having an actual book than looking at like an iPad screen or something. Not that you can't get it done the other way, but I think that's something that, because you always wonder like, oh man, what bookstores just toast now because everything's just going to be online. But I think there is still a segment of the population that likes to physically turn the page, you know? And I think that's important. So Um, you ready for random questions, Carter?
1: I am. Okay.
0: Okay. So you mentioned a couple of social media apps before. What is your favorite social media app? TikTok. What's your favorite app? TikTok. Yeah. That's what everybody says.
1: Uh-huh. I, I, will, I, I think my screen time for this week averaged eight hours a day. Oh, like,
0: no. Okay. <laughs> wow. I can't <laughs> believe really you admitted that.
1: <laughs> it's really bad. No, but it's not like I'm just sitting around all day scrolling on TikTok. It's like it's 11 p.m. and I'm like, oh, I'm going to look at TikTok for a little bit. And then before I know it, it's 3 a.m. and I haven't slept yet um yeah. so uh, i need to delete it go i actually delete tiktok going into the season because i, I literally will not sleep if i have it that's um, some
0: good discipline by the I, way
1: i i want to delete it <laughs> i need to do it I, I i deleted it at the beginning of last season and did not stick with yeah. it for very long so <laughs> I follow it through this time
0: Yeah, that's tough to do. I've tried deleting apps before and it it worked for a while, but then I think I needed to like message someone or something. And then it's just been on my phone uh, ever since. But you know, it's funny what you said about like staying up late, watching the TikTok. I I haven't gotten TikTok yet. Mm -hmm. I've I've avoided TikTok um, as best as I could. Uh, But basically on Instagram, all the TikTok videos get to Instagram anyway. And so I was, I literally just saw one the other day of, of someone watching the phone, like looking at the time before bed, looking at the phone, it's like 10, 10, o'clock. And then they look again and it's like three in the morning. So yes. that's hilarious because that's like an actual real life thing uh, that happens. All right. So TikTok number one, I'm guessing Instagram number two.
1: Yeah. Okay. Instagram number two, probably Twitter number three, because I just got Twitter this year. and Or okay. really know how to use it still. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So Twitter number three.
0: But if you could, cause you just mentioned deleting, like, let's say I said to you, uh, quit social media and I give you $10,000 a year. Are you doing that? Or is that not enough?
1: Oh, you know, uh, 20, I
0: mean, I'll give you 20. Uh,
1: does Snapchat count as social media?
0: Yes. All social media. you basically just have a phone to talk and FaceTime and text.
1: I, I would turn it down because I'd lose my 365 day streak with my mom because we, snap. Oh. so I could, I, it, she loves that streak. I don't keep streaks with anyone, but her, um, and my okay. best friend. So, I okay. Couldn't. Okay.
0: Hold on. Let's adjust because that I, I like that, that you, you and your mom have that streak. Is it 365?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, you gotta keep that thing going to, for to. thousands of days, as long as you can get that. So, okay. I'll let you keep Snapchat.
1: Yeah. Okay. If I keep Snapchat, I'll give the rest of it
0: up. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Um, favorite NBA team?
1: Nuggets. Okay. So that,
0: that was a test. I was going to see what you would say. Yeah. Did you have a – what were, what was your relationship like just watching bas- – did you watch basketball a lot as a kid as your father was a, a player in the league for, I think, 10 years?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I was – I was under, under four years old, um, by the time he retired. Um, but I mean, yeah, I lived at basketball games, you know, all the, everyone on the team knew me that I'd go in the locker room. Like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like the honorary team mascot. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I've grown up watching basketball games. I mean, even after when my dad entered, you know, the front office, um, side of basketball, uh, I've gone to hundreds of basketball games in my life um you know it's just it's just the norm for us
0: how do you think the nuggets are going to do this year there's are uh, i got it they're second in the western conference actually uh, tied for first basically with the pelicans
1: yeah. um i mean you've got Jokic, you've got ag you've got um murray uh, i feel like we have a really good shot i feel like we're gonna do good
0: yeah yeah, that's awesome um all right next random question for carter uh best tv streaming service
1: uh gosh you know a, a week ago my answer would be netflix but i'm running out of things to watch on there so i've got to say hulu for the love island
0: hulu. love island let me write that down love island is that like a reality show
1: it is never mind
0: uh, i'm not gonna watch it
1: oh no <laughs> Reality is my guilty pleasure. I'm not gonna lie. It is. So I'm um, guessing
0: they are all people on an island and they date each other.
1: Um. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Basically, <laughs> that's that's the that's the premise.
0: I thought you were a big uh, Game of Thrones fan. I saw on one YouTube video.
1: I am. Um. I watched all of Game of Thrones through three different times. Um. And, oh, what was the spinoff? Oh yeah, House of Dragon. I loved House of Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, you can only rewatch a show so many times. Got to branch out before I get sick of it. And then I can circle back and watch it again this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I gave, so uh, I do another podcast, It's video games. And it's also like talking about, you know, TV shows or whatever. And so me and my other co-host, we watched uh, House of the Dragon. And I yeah. gave it 8.5 out of 10, which is a very high grade. Like 10 to me is, this is elite. This is an all-time type of series and i don't know if season one of, House of the dragon was that but i gave it an eight and a half the thing that bothered me the most about it carter and i'll ask you is the way they changed characters mm-hmm. and i know that was the plan going in but you have like one actress playing um i already forget her name uh Ranera, yeah. and then all of a sudden i'm watching and there's this new person that they're calling Rhaenira. and it was super confusing as a viewer i was like yeah what is why is that that's not the same person is it is she in makeup like what's happening and that that really bothered me about House of
1: the Dragon. Okay so I think for that aspect um I was following the series before it came out because you know I'd seen the teaser trailers and stuff and in the articles before it was coming out they did talk about how they were going to have like a time jump and use different actors. Okay. However, I do agree that you know it 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 could have been a bit confusing because we're jumping what th- one of them the time jump was like three years and um I mean Eamon looked like he was 37 years old <laughs> and some of the kids were still looking like kids so I was yeah. like you know I think they definitely could have executed it better but you know in theory I think it was a good idea
0: okay yeah I mean I get it because young as I looked back and reflected on it I get it like uh just kind of the the way because Raniere is supposed to be like probably what in her 40s something like that I would guess yeah. and, and then all of a sudden we see her and she looks younger but I don't know and then they kept other characters the same and they just put makeup on them <laughs> so I was <laughs> like what is what is that going yeah. um all right couple of final questions for you uh what would you rather have a big block or an uncontested kill right at the net no blockers are up and you get to just unload
1: big block every day
0: every day every day
1: um it it just feels amazing housing someone is like the best feeling in the world um it's so difficult to like you know get your block set up um and like get there on time because the game is just getting faster and faster um so when you do and it's like a straight down house like uncontested no question it's so it's so awesome and the celebration is so awesome
0: Yeah. You're going to have a lot of opportunities at Wisconsin for that. I mean, this is a great, one of the best blocking teams, I think in school history um, was this past season. And you're right. I I get it. Like I love watching and that doesn't happen very often, by the way, like an uncontested kill at the net, maybe on an overpass or something like that. But um there's something about the defense, specifically uh in the in the in the postseason this year in Madison and you get a big block. I think Caroline Crawford had three blocks in the fifth set against Penn State. And yeah. every one of them, it's just not only is it, you know, as a player, like you said, I bet you it's the best feeling, but man, is that like momentum type of play for your team?
1: Uh yeah. I mean it it really fires you up like no other. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. I love it.
0: Um, all right. Final thing for you here. I'm going to share my screen again, and we are going to talk about something that you put out on Twitter.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: That's okay. Uh, <laughs> here, hold on. Let me click the right buttons. All right. So if you're watching on Spotify, if I do decide to post this video, I think I'm better now. I'm not as well. All right. So this is you announcing uh, basically that you're going to Wisconsin. You're wearing the Wisconsin sweatshirt, um, mm-hmm. hashtag new profile pick at yeah. Carter five two hundred yeah fifty two hundred however you want to say that uh and you got the motion w right you got that or not the motion w but you got the w up with your fingers with your thumbs and your uh index fingers and people were people giving you crap on the w on this picture because it's a little
1: little i know um yeah uh (laughs) i was getting i was getting a little crap um let me just say you know i did my best (laughs) my fingers are a little messed up from blocking. They're a little bit crooked. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't fully tensed in that picture. So, you know, a couple different factors led to my W looking like calligraphy. Um, I will do better next time. But, you know, <laughs> my, my, the, the base, my fingers are a little bit, you know, not, not right. as straight as they should be because of blocking and stuff like that. Right. So, bear with me.
0: Okay, so it's it's not really that you didn't know, it's just kind of like that's just that's just the uh casualty of being a middle blocker.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's I was going to ask you like how vulnerable, vulnerable are your fingers as a uh-huh. middle blocker because I, the reason part of the reason I ask is because Caroline Crawford, you know, busted up her pinky this season and had to have a plate and like nine screws put in.
1: Yeah. Um so, I mean, I, you can see during the Wisconsin match at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. I, like, my entire hand was taped up because, you know, in club volleyball and high school volleyball, you're trying to avoid hands. Um, in college volleyball, it's like, no, hit the hands. Like, destroy their fingers. Like, send it off the block. So people are, the difference is people are actually trying to use your fingers as, like, a oh. tactical um, option. Um, so, I mean, my, my thumb's... gotten busted up like (laughs) to the point where i've been on the court like not able to feel my right hand like (laughs) wow like like, but you know you power through um but i mean yeah your fingers are pretty vulnerable because people are actually trying to hit them
0: wow there's got to be something for middle blockers that you can develop some sort of like glove thing that doesn't interrupt like your use of your hands either
1: yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it's the same thing with, um, you know, the contraption that football players are wearing now that, like, you know, increases blood pressure of the brain. Like, it helps, but you have to get used to playing with it. And I just yeah. haven't been willing to get used to playing with tape all over my fingers. Um, mm. so maybe I'll I'll start that journey this spring. But so far, uh, I'm a I'm a free hands person.
0: Okay, very cool. Well, Carter, it was great to meet you. Um we're really excited as uh, volleyball fans here in the in the state of Wisconsin to have you on on next year's squad and we're looking for big things and uh thank you so much for taking some time to to join the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, there you go. That is Carter Booth, the newest Wisconsin Badger middle. Made that announcement transferring from Minnesota to Wisconsin on, I think it was on Christmas Day. Um, so thanks to Carter for joining the podcast. Thanks to Ian's Pizza for sponsoring this podcast. Check out Ian's Pizza and their three locations in Madison and their three locations in Milwaukee. They're also available in Seattle and Denver. Sign up for the newsletter, J-O-N-C-A-S-T podcast.com. That's JohnCastPodcast.com. Rate and review this podcast, please. It really does help on apple or spotify and it takes like seconds you just, just give how many stars you want to give um so thank you once again for listening to this edition of the john Cass podcast i'll talk to you uh next time see ya! thanks